Hello and welcome to Sexual Confidence on Tap with Shannon Etheridge and friends. And here is my friend, Michelle Woods. Happy anniversary early. It's coming right up on us. I know. Well, I'm sure we'll get away somewhere. We always look for an excuse to travel or go golf somewhere. I I mean, not that I golf. I just kind of watch and I know uh, you just sit there play the, the DJ cute. <laughs> and play the music, the cool music for golfing. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. We'll do something. And, but can you believe September's almost gone? It is crazy how September I know. is flying by and it's been kind of a challenging month for us because Charlie had surgery on his shoulder and he will be in a sling with no mobility with his left arm. <laughs> until like mid-October. So we're not going to be able to celebrate our anniversary until a little later in the month. But one thing that we are looking forward to in October though, is barring any unforeseen circumstances, we are going to attempt to have our first workshops since February. Really? Yep. We are keeping the number incredibly low, like half of what we normally would. We have created some outlines for proper social distancing and expectations that we have of people two weeks prior to them coming and all that. Right. And we've talked to everyone on board and uh, everyone says, yes, we can't keep putting off the healing that we need indefinitely month after month after month after month. And so we're going to have a women at the well workshop, October 9th through the 12th here in Richmond, Kentucky and a couples at the well workshop which you are also intimately acquainted with, yep. uh, is coming up October 23rd through the 26th. I've and been to both. I can attest to both. Exactly, exactly. And so we have one spot available for each of those workshops. One spot available for a woman who would like to come and unpack her sexual and emotional history or her relationship history or her mate's relationship history and the impact that it's having on her emotionally, et cetera. And then we have a spot for one more couple to come and participate in our four day experience where it's, it's like an immersion. We're going to grab you by the ankle and pull you really deep and (laughs) teach men how to value emotional connection all the more and teach women how to value sexual connection all the more or vice versa. Sometimes it's the woman who's the higher sexual, but uh, we're really looking forward to those, but yes, you can attest to both of those experiences. Can't you? I can. So what advice would you give to someone who is contemplating, but on the fence? Well, sometimes if you're contemplating and it's, you know, a positive thing that could help you, then then you need to go. You need to just go like hop over the fence and come on Uh, because it is so life-changing. If you come to Shannon's workshop, just as at the women at the well, like just the women, or if you go with your spouse, um, it totally will reframe your thinking on uh, life and sex and healing and your past And it's really great to go as a couple because, I mean, I don't think there's a couple out there that would say, hey, we, we couldn't use a little tune up in the sex department. 
a lot of times they just need to learn how to communicate more openly and bond more deeply and get aroused more fully. And I love seeing the difference between the couple that first arrives and the couple that leaves four days later. It truly is like looking at a different couple after those four days have passed. Never too late. It is never too late to have a big breakthrough in the intimacy department. But yeah, I love that you've been to so many women at the wells and now you've come to a couples at the well. And so now you can give resounding yeah. endorsements to both. I can't wait. That's to right. Can't if wait to get really... you on a real beach, not just a virtual background beach. I know. For I a know. sexually confident couple workshop, which I, I want to give everybody an update on that one too, because a lot of people have been happening? asking. Yep. So we decided, I mean, obviously we had to postpone it from this year because nobody was going to fly to Belize in May. And we decided that this upcoming May, maybe too soon for people, you know, budget wise to commit to such a thing. So we have scheduled it for the last week of May that stretches into the first week of June of 2022. Oh my God. So you have so over a year and a half to plan in your bikini save find <laughs> a bikini find yeah. a babysitter the whole nine yards yep. but we would love to see lots of couples in placentia belize that sexually confident couple workshop is truly going to be unbelievable did you choose placentia because it sounds like placenta, placenta. <laughs> like, oh, i did weird for that reason but i was not oblivious to that fact <laughs> you <laughs> when knew I it, learned it. Don't lie. Yeah. So speaking of Dr. Lawson, who is going to be doing the sexually confident couple with us, and he's the one who drug me to Placencia Belize to show me this Naya Resort and Spa, which is like the most heavenly place on the planet I have ever, ever witnessed. And I've seen some pretty heavenly places on different continents, but this is just unlike anything I had ever seen. Yeah. A conversation with him almost 20 years ago is what is inspiring us having this episode today. How's that for a segue? Whoa. Well, that was a long time ago for you to wait this long to talk about something. <laughs> yeah. It must be important. Well, it was 2003 that mm -hmm. I was sitting in his classroom in his human sexuality class. I was a student and I had just released every woman's battle mm -hmm. and was about to release every young woman's battle where I had included an entire chapter on how masturbation is just fueling your own sexual fire. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's, all, it's just right. totally a discouraging message. So imagine my shock as Dr. Lawson gives us the challenge to show him in scripture where the Bible says anything about the topic of masturbation and we're you like get your bible out immediately and start <laughs> searching well like i'm going through my mental rolodex going surely there's a scripture that i can quote somewhere to support yep. the theory that that people just shouldn't masturbate because that was how i had been taught growing up in church is that touching yourself for the purpose of pleasuring yourself to the point of orgasm and entertaining all kinds of thoughts is that just has to be sin. Yeah. However, dot, 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 no one could come up with a single scripture about it. Really? No one. And there, there were pastors, there were counselors, there were, you know, 
women's Bible study leaders that, you know, no one could come up with a single passage. Somebody tried to use the story of Onan, which is a conversation that people frequently bring up with me. Do you know that story in the no. Bible? Okay. So how it goes is that there was this guy named Onan mm -hmm. and he, he had a brother that was married and that brother died and his widow married Onan's other brother. And it kept happening like this, where every time this woman married a, another brother he died, and she would try to get pregnant so that she could have an heir for the family, but mm -hmm. the husband would die. And so it comes down to Onan and he decides that he doesn't want to impregnate her because he knows that the child would not be perceived as his, that he would be doing it on behalf of his brother. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why he had a problem with that, but it says that Onan spilled his seed on the ground instead of inseminating her. So for people to say that spilling your seed on the ground while you're masturbating or into a napkin or into a, the shower drain or wherever is like, it's not even an apple's to Apple's comparison. Like right. he wasn't masturbating. He was having sex with his brother's widow. What was happening is he was shirking his family responsibility. That was the sin. Then we have to ask the question, why would God leave that out? Like that's a really, you'd think that that's a pretty big issue, right? right. Like, oh yeah. This, this starts pretty early in our lives. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, for some people, much earlier, <laughs> you were six. <laughs> okay, well, I was 17. <laughs> Whoa, See, I'm I, way more sexual than you then, Shannon. <laughs> you no, just figured things, you're just smarter. You just figured things out faster than I did. I guess so. Isn't that yeah. weird, though? Uh, you know, every person's sexual journey is unique. And them discovering what their body is capable of when they touch themselves privately... Uh, yeah, everybody discovers that for a different reason and a different season, a different age, whatever. Right. Um, well, there's definitely only a very small handful of people that know that, but not anymore. Uh, yeah. but, but yeah, you don't know when you're little, you just feel you something that, that feels good and you're like, oh, well, okay. Exactly. Well, here's the thing. They actually have sonogram images of babies touching their genitals yes. in the womb before they're I even born. I know. And then when they're born and you're changing their diaper, where do their hands often go? <laughs> Boom. They yeah. know that feels good right there. And then as they're slightly older children, they're laying in their beds and they're soothing themselves to sleep and they're humping their pillow or their teddy bear or what, like it, it's, a very natural, normal thing. But right. my philosophy was, yeah, but you reach a certain age of accountability where God expects you to refrain from that. But here's the thing that Dr. Lawson said that threw me for a total loop. Like, seriously, I'm sitting there in this desk thinking, you know, well, I'm a published author and my second book is about to come out and I know what I'm talking about and I feel so stinking ridiculous in hindsight. He tells us this story or he, he asked this question. He says, where in scripture do we see Jesus 
being the angriest. Mm -hmm. Do you remember where Jesus like totally lost it, exploded? In the temple? It was in the temple. Exactly. The money changers tables. All right. So if you do a little bit more research to that story, that had nothing to do with selling things in a church. What was happening was that the Pharisees were approaching people as they were coming into town to make their sacrifice. And they were saying to these people, the lamb that you brought or the dove that you brought or whatever you brought to sacrifice on the altar to make penance for your sins, that's not a good enough sacrifice. You're going to have to buy one of ours when you get there. And so they had this table set up where they were selling animals as sacrifices for the people who brought one that wasn't quite as perfect or whatever, but they weren't even sacrificing these animals. They were taking them behind the veil and saying, we'll go sacrifice it for you on behalf of your sins. And then they would just recycle it and bring the animal back out and sell it again and again and again. So it was a scam. It was a huge scam. That Mm -hmm. was what made Jesus the angriest. So for the Pharisees to put a burden on people's backs far greater than God intended for them to bear, that was the sin. He, he was angry at the Pharisees for adding to scripture, adding to what people had to do to make penance for their sin. And so with that story, Dr. Lawson turned it on us and said, For a Christian to teach that masturbation is always, always a sin, how Mm -hmm. is that any different than what the Pharisees were doing? Right. Is it fair for Christians to put a burden on people's backs far greater than God intended them to bear? And his, his explanation was that if it was that important to God that we refrain from any sort of self touch Mm -hmm. in a sexual way, he would have included it in scripture. He didn't just accidentally, oh, I can't believe I forgot that part. I can't believe that I wasn't (laughs) able to inspire someone to write that chapter of the Bible. Like, no, God left it out. Mm -hmm. God did not address this issue. Intentionally. Huh? Intentionally. Exactly. I I believe that everything that God does is intentional. God doesn't do anything accidentally. And so then you have to ask the question, why would God be silent on the subject? Mm-hmm. So we're going to dive into today. We're going to dive into why masturbation might actually not be a good idea. I want to satisfy those people first, because mm-hmm. uh, when we start unpacking why masturbation might actually be a good idea, I don't want them to mishear me say that everyone should masturbate. I'm right. not prescribing it. I'm just describing the fact that some people are comfortable with it and some people are not. And when you're dealing with issues like this, it's kind of like the MasterCard symbol where uh, you have two different circles, but you have to see where they overlap. So when you're dealing with stuff and looking at it in light of scripture, you're dealing with two different realms. You're dealing with the biblical mandate realm where God was very clear on things like don't commit adultery, don't commit murder, that sort of thing. And then the other circle, the completely different realm is your own personal conscience of what do you feel like the Holy Spirit's telling you that the right thing to do would be. And it's 
us figuring out how to live in that healthy center where we yeah. feel as if we are upholding scripture and we're living according to our personal conscience. And for some people, that means refraining from masturbation. And for other people, it means not refraining from masturbation. So I want to unpack both. But before we do, do I understand that you have some fun stats for us? <laughs> I do. Did you look up yes. some statistics about masturbation? I did. I know. Every time I, uh, I mean, obviously Brian knows that we have a sex podcast, but every time I'm like looking up something sexual, like about masturbating and <laughs> random topics we talk about, I always feel like I have to say, <laughs> Yes. Fellatio, which we yes. still will get around to talking about at some point soon, but not today. <laughs> well, first of all, so the, and maybe it's just because I'm immature or something, I, I don't know, but the word masturbation just is so like awkward, not pretty, clinical. Um, so I'd like to put another word on it or words or just, I don't know. What would you like to put on it, Michelle? I don't know. I, I mean, that maybe you can help me figure this out today. Self-stimulation? <laughs> Self-stimulation. Self <laughs> or we could go to the gutter language. And I've heard some people no. like rubbing one out. I, well, and that's what I was uh, seeing Inking today. the monkey? <laughs> that's what I was finding is if you Google you know, different tickling words. Tickling the taco. For, yeah. What was that? Tickling the taco. Yeah. You said that one the other day to me and I about spit my water out. Uh, so there's like for women, there's jilling off, which is obviously the opposite of jacking off. See, I had never uh, heard that one before. I know. Jilling Riding off. the unicycle, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Oh, I guess it means like one person instead of two. You well, like yeah. one wheel instead of two, like a bicycle. Oh, so I'm like, like what? yes, just one person. Let's yeah. not, let's not have two in it. Uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Pushing your button, rubbing one out, which that just sounds so vulgar to me. I don't know Very why. Very crass. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then for the men, some of them. <laughs> or wanking. That's such a gross word. I don't even like saying it out loud. Charming the snake, <laughs> taking the dog for a walk. Uh, let's see. I've recently you, heard it You called. took my favorite one though, tickling the taco. You I like mean, that, that just, I think it should be on Tuesdays. You should have tickling the taco Tuesdays. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Forget taco I've, Tuesdays. <laughs> I've also heard it called for men, um, uh, playing the skin flute. Oh, yes. I, yep. I've got that one too. Yep. So there's obviously plenty of names you can say besides masturbation because <laughs> I don't like that word. <laughs> I'd rather call it the M word. Okay. Here's something else I found out. So, you know, how last season we talked about how I think it was March 14th, my birthday is steak and a blowjob day. Uh -huh. National Steak and Blowjob Day. Uh -huh. So, in case you haven't marked it on, this wasn't made up by Shannon and Michelle. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you, you Google listen it. to that particular episode, and then you will know that there actually is a legitimate <laughs> National Steak and Blowjob Day, thirty <laughs> days after Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, yes. Valentine's Day, March fourteenth, Steak and Blowjob Day. Why not? Right. Obviously, created by a man, no doubt. Exactly, and or some women. 
who or knows? A sexually confident wife such as yourself. That's true. <laughs> That's right. So just in case you haven't marked this on your calendar, May is National Masturbation Month. I did hear that in May. And I thought, wow, established, how did I miss that? I know. It was established in 95. Now, I have to throw in the myths that we grew up hearing that you shouldn't touch yourself down there or else you will go blind, grow hair on your palms, and have to become a pencil salesman. <laughs> Did you ever hear any of those? Huh. Like, what, is, <laughs> what does any of that have to do with- Sure, there are some great pencil salesmen out there. Wow. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Okay, that being a pencil salesman, Reminds me, did you see that video snippet on TikTok where this woman is walking out of Staples office supply yes. store? And he <laughs> says, I have just confirmed that they do in fact sell Staples at Staples. Now I'm going to Dick's. And then, yeah, then, the, yeah, then the camera's like panned over and she's standing in front of Dick's. <laughs> I think you sent that to me a few I months ago. Laughed so hard. So let's dive in and talk about why masturbation can be a bad idea. Okay. okay, so as I said earlier, I am not anti-masturbation across the board, but I so want to honor certain reasons why people might choose to refrain from masturbation because I do think that there are very legitimate reasons, okay? Mm -hmm. So, for example... Uh, one particular college age student that I was coaching many, many moons ago, he admitted that the desire to masturbate multiple times a day could be so significant that he would often run back to his dorm room when he knew his roommate was not going to be there mm -hmm. and take care of himself. And he would often miss classes or miss some sort of, you know, like recreational sport practice or something you know, like he was missing out on certain aspects of college life because he could not control so he was consumed with it he was obsessed and consumed with it absolutely and of course he had a lot of childhood trauma that he had never looked at and that was just yeah. something that comforted him that it, he could escape and so it was it was his go-to. And so when we made the pact that he was going to experience life without masturbation for a little mm -hmm. while until he could get a grip on his emotional issues that he was yeah. constrained from gripping himself to just mm -hmm. came up emotionally. And he matured by leaps and bounds over those few months. So I certainly applauded his commitment to exploring what's really driving me in this direction so frantically and so frequently. So yeah. obviously if it becomes this huge obsession, addiction, compulsion, that's not good uh, because the Bible does say that we're not to be a slave to anything. And I, right. I would certainly put that in the category of being a slave to it. And then also lots of young people in this day and age, I mean, you think about it, well, how old were you when the internet was, was invented? <laughs> well, back in my day, it was in the nineties for me is when it became big. Like I remember the interweb, I, the worldwide interweb. I remember my first chat, like talking in the a chat room and I was probably 12. Okay. 
So, so that was mid nineties or late nineties. Right. Mid nineties. So yeah. you can imagine how many young people like your generation and especially the youngest generation, you know, teenagers right now, how much of their sex education has come through surfing mm. for porn. And so Very. a lot of young people have married these two activities together of pornography and masturbation. Mm-hmm. So whenever we talk about refraining from pornography, they automatically assume that I'm telling them that they can't masturbate. And I'm like, I didn't tell you that. Why would you marry those two concepts together? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have one without the other, but for a lot of people, because they were exposed to sex first through the internet and it created all this arousal feeling in them, they just automatically associated masturbation with looking at pornography. But people were masturbating for centuries before pornography was ever invented. You think about, people assume that porn's been around forever, but it's only been since 1952, people. It's been less than 100 years. It's been about 70-ish years. And that was when Playboy magazine came out and was readily available to the public. But Mm -hmm. Do we think that masturbation only started in 1952 with Playboy magazine? No, people no. have been doing this since the dawn of time. I have no, <laughs> no doubt. Well, um, and this is a, like, you know, you talk about pornography and masturbation and I've got a 12 year old and an almost 10 year old. So for moms that are in my position that have young men, young women, let's not just uh, stereotype this and say, it's just the boys that are struggling with this, but you know, the conversations that you need to have to explain your kids are looking to you like, what's okay. What's not, what am I supposed to do? What's wrong? What's right? right. And so there's a balance. So I've been looking forward to hearing what you had to say, especially to, to parents with kids that are at that age where they're like- curious. I definitely think that discouraging any sort of looking for pornography as a sex educator or for any other reason, is, you know, like that's obviously something that we need to do. We, we definitely need to steer our kids in the right direction toward healthy sex education. And that's not what they're getting with pornography. But the interesting thing about educating children, and I'll get into this a little bit more in our next episode where mm-hmm. we talk about the positive side of it, but I actually had a mom in a play group. Uh, her, her, her son was the same age as my daughter at the time, and they were very, very young. But her philosophy was that if she, if she discovered her son touching himself, that she would just say, that's not something that we do in public and the living room is a public space. So if you need to do that, you need to go to your room and close the door and be in private. Mm-hmm. And at first I was shocked, like you're giving him permission, permission. in hindsight. Right. I, I wonder if she wasn't on to something because I'll tell you about the conversations that I had with my teenage, with my kids when they were teenagers uh, on the next episode. But right. yeah, if, if you are so addicted to masturbation and you're incorporating pornography with it and that, and therefore now you're a porn addict too, I think it's definitely time to stop that freight train. And if stopping the masturbation is what it takes to break your addiction to pornography, then do it. Just, just do it. Cause you don't want to be a porn addict the rest of your life. Right. And then there was one woman who came to one of my workshops who said, Okay, so I've heard you unpack the reasons why you're not anti-masturbation, but she said, 
I associate masturbation with a season of my life where I was actually having an affair with my boss mm. and she would just get all worked up into a lather and she would go home and she would try to take care of herself. And that was the way that she was trying to not go all the way with her boss, but that even then, like, which was like 15 or 20 years later, she could not masturbate without thinking of her boss and he mm. was a married man. And yeah. so she had just chosen out of integrity to just refrain from that activity not. right? so that she wasn't obsessing about that individual. I fully support what, what an honorable reason if she can refrain from that activity so that she feels as if she's not obsessing over that individual anymore, if that's what it takes more power to her. Mm -hmm. And then recently I was talking with a client and she was saying that the reason that she does not allow herself to masturbate is because she feels as if, if she let herself have a little bit of pleasure that she would totally binge and go completely out of control and get involved in sexual relationships again. And that was something that she hadn't done in, in over a decade. She didn't want to go back there. It's interesting though. Sometimes when we go deeper into this type of conversation where someone is really trying hard not to masturbate, they will often sublimate with a different addiction, with a different activity mm -hmm. for right. this woman, it was sugar. She yeah. had just so comforted herself with sugar, but it had packed on a lot of pounds and had wreaked havoc on her health. And it's like, you know, I, I might encourage someone to masturbate instead of pigging out on sugar all the time. Right. If you need something to comfort you, but I totally respect that if this is too closely related to her past promiscuity, I am totally fine with, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm not saying that everyone should or needs to or has to. And again, we'll, we'll get into the reasons why I think that sometimes it can be a good idea, but for any individual who feels as if this is my coping mechanism of how I refrain from going in a particular direction, mm -hmm. I fully support that. I fully, fully support that. And then finally, there was uh, two different married individuals that weren't married to each other. These were completely different conversations years apart, but um, one guy had admitted that he had not pursued his wife avidly probably since after the honeymoon and they had been married 25 years. And he just said, I had a tendency to just withdraw into my office and close the door and lock it and just look at porn and masturbate instead. And he said, I always wondered why would I rather retreat and do this rather than being sexually active with my hot wife. And he was shocked that their marriage had made it 25 years, but they, yeah. they went through a deeply healing season to figure this out because all these years she had taken it personally. Why doesn't he want to pursue me? And, and she had caught him looking at porn and masturbating at times. And so obviously he was robbing her of something that she wanted from him. So yeah, that's a, that's a negative and that's a good reason to give it up a at least for a significant season until you learn to reconnect with your spouse better. And then finally I'll flip that coin. There was a particular woman who she had never experienced orgasm before. And so she had been told by a therapist that you need to masturbate in order to discover what you find pleasurable, which I don't disagree with that. However, she discovered it alone 
during her masturbatory practices, but she never found the courage to connect with her husband on that kind of level and be honest with him about what she, you know, what felt good to her and what she enjoyed and what she wanted yeah. him to do. So it was never a shared experience. She just, just one-sided. She learned to masturbate, but she could only do it in seclusion. She never learned mm -hmm. to orgasm with her husband. She never learned to masturbate in front of her husband. She never learned to enjoy mutual masturbation where you're stroking each other for pleasure. Like she just kept it to herself. So her husband right. felt totally shut out. Mm -hmm. So obviously a negative. Well, I think of the conversations I've had with friends recently and a, a couple of them have talked about how, you know, they use it for, and these are women, for filler, you know, between the times that they have sex with their spouses, and maybe that's once a week, and they, they need sex more often. But the problem is, is if you, they haven't communicated with their spouse, hey, you know, I'm having to to play with myself basically between the times that we're, um, we're not intimate and they're watching porn. And so that's that for they're me having to keep it a secret from their spouse. Yes. That is an issue for me. And then the other friend I spoke with last night, actually, she was just saying that, you know, with the masturbation topic, she was like, I'm so glad y'all are finally talking about this. I've been waiting. She said, I swing from one end of the pendulum to the total opposite. You know, I, I'm either, I don't do anything. I don't pleasure myself. She's a single girl. Um, or I'm just all out. It's all the time. Like there's no middle ground. So it's not a healthy balance for her. Some people do have a rather addictive personality. And if they can't find moderation in something, they may right. be better off refraining from it than right. totally binging on it. Uh, it's kind of like goes back to that sugar thing. I noticed that I do pretty good when I'm not doing sugar, but when I am, I can't get enough. And mm -hmm. if that's the impact that masturbation has on an individual, yeah, I would encourage them to live a celibate life uh, rather than feeling as if you are a slave to it. But there are lots of people who don't fit that category. So Michelle, I think that we need to do a part two and talk about what are the positives with masturbating and is it acceptable to God? Are there benefits to your life, your health, your relationships? Because I do, I think that there are many, and I think that everybody should make an educated decision about what their philosophies and theologies and principles are about this issue. And, and it could be that it needs to be taken off the table for a certain season, but put back on the table for other seasons. It, right. it could just be a, yeah, I get really uncomfortable with, with across the board declarations. So mm -hmm. to say things like masturbation is always a sin. Nope. You can't say that. You can't show it to me in scripture, but you also can't say masturbation is never a sin because mm -hmm. I think of like the guy who pulls up next to the children's park and watching the children play and he's taking care of himself while he's watching little girls flip upside down and he's trying to look at their panties, you know, like obviously. Well, sure. This is a negative for him. Like, so I'm not saying that it's never a sin. Well, and but, if you grew up like I did, you know, you don't talk about this in church and you're taught that it, that masturbation and lust go hand in hand. Right. And so that's they call, where they call sexual energies or sexual thoughts lust, mm -hmm. but I disagree. 
the best definition of lust I ever heard was James Robinson and I were having this conversation on live television doing an interview. And he said, people think that seeing something attractive or even feeling aroused by someone or something is lust. But he said, no, the definition of lust is going out of your way to make something yours that does not belong to you. But taking care of your own biological need for sexual satisfaction, I want to approach that conversation from a very different angle and look at it through the biological perspective because God created us as biological beings. We are living creatures with bodies and brains and sex drives from from pretty early in our lives. Like I said, even those babies are often taking care of business in the womb. I mean, I don't think that they're orgasmic, but who am I no, saying? Yeah. But and he, he made our, our arms and hands just perfect length, usually. <laughs> that has to be something, right? <laughs> no wonder the Tyrannosaurus Rex is such an angry creature because his arms are too short to touch himself. <laughs> Dang, can't reach nothing. Yeah, thank God. God, I'm not a T-Rex. Yeah. yeah, but I do hope that people hear my sentiment <laughs> loud and clear that I am not about to go into the next show saying, everybody needs to masturbate. It's never a sin. I am saying that if it's a sin for you, if you have any personal qualms, hangups, if you feel as if the Holy Spirit has guided you to refrain from it, even though the Bible is silent on it, follow the Holy Spirit. I'm not the Holy Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit and I'm not him or her or however you want to look at the Holy Spirit. Uh, mm-hmm. I just remember in the shack that the Holy Spirit was a female, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that movie. Yeah. But I do think that these are conversations worth having because yes, the church never had them with us. Our parents never had them with us. And we usually didn't talk to our peers about masturbation. We may have talked to our peers right. about, um, about sex and about what to do with another person, but none of us were ever going to admit that we ever enjoyed touching ourselves by ourselves. Right. Um, so yeah, I hope though that this will, that this conversation will empower people who feel the need to refrain, that if it's working for you, knock yourself out. I fully support you. But I also want to equip the people in the next conversation that if they don't have a moral dilemma, if they don't feel a spiritual mandate, if they do feel as if there are far more benefits, then I want to empower them to feel perfectly okay about that. So I hope that everyone will listen to both parts because it's just good to have a broad perspective. That's a good balance. There you go. (laughs) Good to have a a balanced perspective. That's true. If you would like to chime in on the conversation, we want to hear from you. All you got to do is send us an email at on tap at shannonethridge.com or give us a call at 321-30-ON-TAP. Again, that's 321-30-ON-TAP. We'd love to hear from you. We thank you for tuning in for another episode of Sexual Confidence on Tap. We love you for listening. And thank you for tapping on us.